0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from two passages, one from John 1 and a couple verses from Isaiah 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. From Isaiah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given.
1: Thank you. Well, good morning. I, uh, I've told you before that I have a French mama, and I've spent quite a bit of time in France and all over, all over Europe. And there is, uh, there is a bridge uh, in France uh, called the Pont des Arts. And I want to show you some pictures of what's been on this bridge for years. What couples would do, couples in love is they would take a padlock, and they would write their names on it. And then after they wrote their names on it and how they loved each other, they would lock it onto the bridge, and then they would throw the key into the Sun River. A love that would be never-ending. A love that was deep in their hearts. But what happened is, over the years, there ended up being 45 tons of padlocks on this bridge. And the bridge could not bear the weight of love, truly. (laughs) And so in 2015, they started to take all these locks off the bridge. And it broke the hearts of many. But you know what's interesting? In all of the locks that were there, there was one that they couldn't break. One that said, God loves. And then it had your name on it. They couldn't cut it off. They couldn't tear it down. That lock will endure forever. The weight of love is going to keep pouring upon you. And that's what we're talking about in this Advent season, the love of God. You may sometimes feel Like I'm not worthy of God's love. Or you you may wonder, does God really love me? Feels like maybe he's left me. You may wonder, how can God love me? I am a complete mess. And like the scriptures we read this morning, our Lord's love endures forever. He is good and he loves you. And like Romans 8 was read, if God is for us, who can be against us? Neither height nor depth. Angels, demons. Nothing, nothing, not even ourselves, can separate us from the love of God. And you see, God in His love, He gave us a wonderful gift. He gave us light of the world, His Son, Jesus. And we're going to be talking about Jesus this morning as light of the world. That He came in. In John chapter 8, Jesus says to the people as they're trying to understand Him, and it's the scene right after the woman caught in adultery, who will cast the first stone. And then right after that scene, as Jesus is speaking to the people, He says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so let's pray that this morning, that the light of life will pour out into our souls. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for this Advent season. We thank you for this time. And and we really do, Father, want to prepare our hearts. Christmas is two weeks away. And so, Lord, minister to us and prepare us as we celebrate that wonderful day to remember the gift of love, your Son, Jesus, for us. Light of the world. And, Father, I pray that you'll penetrate our hearts with your light. I pray that you will uh, open up hearts that are hard. I pray that people will really, truly know you and see you. Maybe some in this room for the very first time. And so, Father, pour your light into us. And, Father, may we as a people of God, may we reflect your light to this world. In your beautiful and precious name, amen. You know, one of the signs of Christmas season right off the bat is the appearance of lights. By the way, have you put up your lights yet? How are you guys doing? It seems like the whole world responds to the biblical truth that He is light of the world. Even if there's no faith, the world responds. There's Christmas lights everywhere, and even if for a brief moment it seems like even the hardest heart softens at the sign of the lights in the readiness for christmas light of the world has come in i love christmas lights i love these lights in this room i love them on our tree and on our houses and i really i really get into it you know all these beautiful lights And again, as you drive around neighborhoods in Boise, Idaho, and Meridian, and Eagle, some people have really done a wonderful job. But you know what? Even all those beautiful lights and lights we just saw on the video, nothing compares. Nothing compares to when Jesus was born. And in Luke chapter 2, as the angels showed up before the shepherds, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory... You can't miss this verse. Verse 9 of chapter 2. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. You want to talk about Christmas lights. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Here's what this light's all about. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born into you. unto you. He is Christ the Lord. Today, a Savior has been born. Light of the world has come in. And the glory of God surrounded those shepherds. And it was so awesome that they cowered in fear because the light was too much. The weight of love overwhelmed them. A Savior had been born to them. Christmas is such a beautiful holiday, isn't it? It's a holy day, a celebration of our Lord. And at the same time as one of our most sacred Christian celebrations, it's one of the most popular secular holidays going on. And they clash against each other, don't they? There's a conflict there. Christians keep saying Merry Christmas to the workers at the mall, the employees, who are required to say Happy Holidays. But we just won't do it. We say Merry Christmas anyways, don't we? Amen. But you know, for the non-religious, these lights and these songs are an uninvited intrusion into their lives. And the prayer is that the people walking in darkness would see the great light of Jesus. Because Jesus is the light. And Jesus stands at the door knocking. He knocks at the door of the one who considers him an uninvited intrusion, and he wants them to open up the door of their hearts and invite the light of life in to sup with him, like Revelation 3 says. The light of the world has come. Will you invite him in? And if you have invited him in, will you reflect his glory, all that he is, to a world that's living in darkness? He is the light of the world. And Jesus stands and he waits. And he pours his his weight of love upon each and every one of us. And he wants us to open up that door. Max Lucado has a new Christmas book out because of Bethlehem. And he says, Oh, that every heart, every day would be Christmas and every heart would be a manger because the light of the world, because Jesus has come into their hearts. May Jesus live in the manger of our hearts. Welcomed in. Receive salvation and life. Here's the good news. Salvation has come. And now every day is life with Jesus. Jesus, God's gift of love to us. As we've been going through the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 49, and the chapters of Isaiah 40 and on, they start to talk about the servant, Jesus. And here's what it says in Isaiah 49, as God is speaking to His people it is too light of a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you, Jesus, as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Christmas lights are not just decorative, but they're symbolic of a spiritual truth. Light of the world has come in so that you may receive and see His salvation, that you may receive Him as Lord, that you would have a loving relationship with the living God. Light of the world has come in. He wants you to see Him. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And in His overwhelming love, He sent His Son. But light as the world has come in to be salvation, light is needed. Why? Why? Because you and I know it's dark out there, isn't it? We live in a dark world. It's dark in that the world is evil. It's dark in the ignorance on how to fix all of this brokenness. The Isaiah passage that we read speaks of a light breaking through that a child has been born unto us this wonderful light in the darkness. But the reality is, the reason he brought that chapter 9 in, sometimes we forget chapter 8. What chapter 8 speaks of, oh, is the people hunger. And they're looking for life. And it says, they're looking for all these things and they look to the earth to provide some form of life. And it leads them into utter darkness. And it says they, they turn their faces up to God as though we will figure this out. All of this brokenness, this weight of sin, all of the ugliness, all of the evil, all around, we will figure it out. And it says it leads them into utter darkness. And then chapter 9 of Isaiah says, and this wonderful light has broken through the darkness. That's the love gift of God to us. Will you receive it? You see... During Isaiah's time, it was dark. When Jesus showed up on this planet, God in the flesh, it was dark. And as we look around our world today, it's dark. We still see all of the poverty, all of the injustice, the depravity, the corruption. These are dark days. We need light. And God has given it to us. The thing is, many think we can fix it, that we can fix our lives by looking like they did in Isaiah chapter 8, that they can look to the earth. Somehow in our own endeavors, we can get out of this darkness. I picked up this wonderful uh, Christmas book by Timothy Keller. It's called uh, Hidden Christmas. And I want to read a little section out of it that responds to the light of the world. He says this, Years ago, I read an ad in the New York Times that said, The meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and that we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace. In other words, we, people, we have the light within us and so we are the ones who can dispel darkness of the world. We can overcome poverty and injustice and violence and evil. If we just work together, we can create a world of unity and peace. But can we? One of the most thoughtful world leaders of the late 20th century was Vaclav Havel. He was the first president of the Czech Republic. He had a unique vantage point from which to peer deeply into both socialism and capitalism, and he was not optimistic that either by itself would solve the greatest human problems. He knew that science, unguided by moral principles, gave us the Holocaust. He concluded that neither technology, nor the state, nor the market, any of those alone could save us from the nuclear conflict or ethnic violence or environmental degradation. Nothing. Pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough, he said. And he concluded this. A turning to and a seeking Of God is needed. The human race, he says, consistently forgets that He is not God, but that God is God. The light of the world has come in. He is the only one who can save us, He is the only one who can fix the brokenness. You see, we would love to stay in the sentimental, warm glow of the nativity scene, wouldn't we? But that's not why Jesus came. He didn't come just to give us warm, fuzzy memories and new pajamas on Christmas morning. He came to save the world. He came because light is needed. He came because we live in darkness. We cannot handle the problem of sin. We are separated from God, and we need Him as our Savior. That's why He came. God's overwhelming love for us He came because things are a mess. However, in the middle of it all, there's good news. Like the angels proclaim, I have good news today. A Savior has been born. There is hope. It's a living hope. It's not something that we wish might come true. A living hope in Jesus Christ. The deep darkness In the middle of it all, a light has dawned. And Jesus is the light. And Jesus is the answer. And each and every one of us must come to a place where we go, we can't fix it. We can't deal with our sin. We can't take it all away. He's the only one. And He will, here's the beautiful thing, He will forgive our sins and He will wash us white with Christmas snow. What is the meaning of He is the light? In Isaiah, we see in chapter 9 that it's a, it's a symbol, it's related to the sun, isn't it? That a light will dawn. If the sun goes out, we will freeze to death. The sun is the source of life. And the meaning of light is he is the source of life. Like was read this morning, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. You know, Paul in Acts chapter 17, he shows up in Athens and he has this wonderful discourse on, on Mars Hill in Athens. I've been there. It's fantastic. And what happened is in Athens... There was all kinds of gods everywhere. And so Paul addresses the people. He says, I see that you're a very religious people. You have gods to everybody here. And you even have a god to an unknown God, an idol to an unknown God. We're gonna we're gonna try to Worship every God, and even one that's unknown, just so we can cover all of our bases. And Paul basically says, well, how's that going for you? Do you understand? I, I know this, this unknown God here. Let me give you a name to him. Let me tell you who the real God is. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to search for life in all kinds of ways. And a lot of them with a variety of different religious practices. I can see you're very religious. And you know what I want to encourage you to to ask? It's like Paul was dealing in at Mars Mars Hill. I want you to ask him, how's how's it going for you? Is it working? Are you actually finding life? Are you finding hope? Is everything that you're pursuing, are you being fulfilled? Because let me tell you about this unknown God. There's a God, and His name is Jesus. And He's light of the world. And you see, we have a sin problem. And He came to fix that. He came to die on the cross for our sin. To make the payment for us that we couldn't pay ourselves. And He rose again. And He conquered sin and death. Let me tell you about this guy. Jesus. Who's not just a man. He's God in the flesh. You see, God's overwhelming love... He couldn't stand it anymore and he had to send his son. Light of the world. I want to tell you where you can find hope. And it's in Jesus. I want to understand who he is. Paul is going on in his discourse. In him, in Acts 17, 28. In him we live and we move and we have our being. He is life. One of the other things as we reflect on John chapter 8, as it's speaking of I am the light of the world, the thing that's interesting in this chapter in John chapter 8 is that as he's going through his conversation with the people who are trying to understand who he is, at the end of the chapter in verse 30, what happens is as he was speaking, many people put their faith upon Jesus. They put their faith in Him. As He's talking about, I am the light of the world, and I've come to save you, and this is who I am. I am. And people's hearts were pierced. And we praise God that they were. Because in verse 24 He says, unless you believe that I am He, literally, unless you believe that I am John chapter 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Unless you believe, I am, you shall walk in darkness. But those who believed in the light, those who came to know him, they passed from life to death. They will not die in their sins. The love gift of our Lord in his Son Jesus is that they will be forgiven. Their sins will not be held against them. And so the believers have everlasting joy and life. And you can just picture Paul saying to all those religious people, this is it. This is the answer. Stop trying all these other things to find life. The light of the world has come in and it's in Jesus that you have salvation. Light is life. The wonderful thing about light also is that it exposes our sin, doesn't it? And it it shows us our need for a Savior. That really is a gift of love from God, that light shines in the truth. Because if we continue going down this dark path, it leads to destruction. One of my dear friends, Kevin, when I was in college ministry, doing college ministry, they came to our cabin in Loma and a bunch of college kids, and we were having a great time together. And then they went out just to go exploring into the mountains. And as they were driving, for some silly reason, Kevin thought it would be funny to turn off his lights in the mountains of Loman on Highway 21 there. And when he turned off his lights, he went off the road and he crashed into a tree and he showed up at the cabin all bloodied up along with the people in this cabin and, and cut and torn up. And I'm like, what happened? You know, do we need we got all kinds of bandages for him? But he turned off the lights and he couldn't see where he's going. And he destroyed himself and the car. And we went up there in the morning and we were so thankful that he hit this tree. Because literally, here was the tree, and here was the fifty foot cliff. And he would have died. You see, light of the world has come in to expose what is darkness and leads to destruction. It's a gift from God, and He wants us to see it. And He wants us to know Him and to know His love for us. The light of the world that gives us life. The light of the world. When He says, I'm the light of the world, I think it's saying, listen. There is no other light than him, than Jesus. It's Jesus alone. There is no alternative. It means that all the world and everyone in it needs Jesus as their light. The gift of love is available to everyone who would receive him. And the last thing that light is, is it's beautiful. Let me read this from John Piper. I really appreciated what he had to say. Jesus is the light of the world, and if you follow him now, you will have him as your light in life. True, he will reveal your sins, which is a precious gift, like like the fortunate early diagnosis of a deadly cancer. But even more, he will reveal all that is beautiful, He will be the light in which you see God, the light in which you see the history of redemption and the work of salvation. He will be the light in which you see the mountains and the valleys and the oceans and the rivers and the trees and the animals and people. Nothing will be the same again when you receive Him as your light. Everything looks different in the light of Christ. Yes, even the earthquakes and the tsunamis and suffering and death, until his light fills the earth as the waters cover the sea, until it banishes sin and sickness and pain and earthquakes to get to the outer darkness, his light will help you bear sorrows of darkness. It will be a soft glow to comfort you in your lonely room after a devastating loss. It will be a lamp on your troubled path. It will reveal the wise and loving face of God behind every frowning providence. And like John 12, 36 says, While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons and daughters of light. He's the only light. He's the only answer. Let me show you my front yard. And this is really my front yard. So... I put up with my sons all of these Christmas lights all around the house, all across the ceilings, and and they were beautiful. And then I came home one night. It was after there was a pretty heavy rain. And all of the lights were out. And I was really upset because we put a lot of work into it. It was cold out when we were doing it. But then one thing I noticed that caught my eye, the only thing that had light on it Was my manger out front. And God reminded me in a very powerful way I am the light of the world. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and give you glory and honor because you are the light of the world. And I pray for those this morning who've never known your light that their hearts would be open, that they would hear you knocking and that they would open their hearts to you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you forgive our sin. We thank you, Father, that you died on the cross for us. Jesus, we thank you. And so, Father, may your light pour over this room. And may we, as a people of God, go from this place reflecting your light and singing of your glory and your awesomeness. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the gift, the love gift of your Son, Jesus. Amen.